This is Laura Lummer, the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. I'm a healthy lifestyle coach, a clinical Ayurveda specialist, a personal trainer, and I'm also a breast cancer survivor. In this podcast, we talk about healthy thinking and mindfulness practices, eating well, moving your body for health and longevity, and we'll also hear from other breast cancer survivors who have re-engaged with life and have incredible stories to share. This podcast is your go-to resource for getting back to life after breast cancer. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach Podcast. I am your host, Laura Lummer, and today is Christmas Eve. That's when this show will air. And I just want to wish you the happiest of holidays, whether you celebrate Christmas or any other holiday. I know it's just been a really strange year and a strange holiday season, but I hope that you're finding new ways to enjoy yourself, your loved ones, and just do as much as you possibly can to find joy in your day during this holiday season. Now, because this show is airing on Christmas Eve, I thought a lot about the timing of this particular episode. I think that the title in itself might give you some insight into the fact that I'm going to talk about some tough things here today. And as I thought about airing this show, I thought, do I want this to come out in 2020? Is it okay to release it on Christmas Eve? And, and I thought, you know what? Yes, this is actually the perfect time to release the show because this show is about life and love and choosing to love life. Even when you have to deal with circumstances that you'd rather not have in your life and that you never thought you'd have to deal with. So I hope that you will find this show inspiring, that it will help you to dig deep into these last few weeks of 2020 and into whatever comes your way in 2021 and that throughout that time you'll remember that you get to choose how you want to think and feel regardless of what life throws at you, regardless of pandemics and madness. And we know this past year was a doozy and we all learned a lot. And there's still a lot that we have to face together. And I think that it's been a perfect example of teaching us why managing our thoughts and being resilient are so incredibly important to living our best life. So as I've been doing these podcasts over the years, something that's really important to me, not just in my podcasting, but in my coaching work, is that I share my own stories with you along the way because we all have struggles, we all have challenges, we all have circumstances in our lives. Sometimes we have lots of them stacked on top of each other. Sometimes we have really big ones. But knowing that you're not alone in working your way through the hard stuff is, I think, one of the most important parts of this show, of the Breast Cancer Recovery Group community that I started, of my Revivify coaching programs, and definitely of my Empower program. So today I want to share with you a circumstance that I am managing and dealing with in my life, and one that I know is on the minds of many of the listeners of this show. On October 11th of this year, 2020, I was diagnosed with metastatic cancer. Now, I actually got the news as I was sitting with my assistant reviewing our plans for the October Revivify course, which was beginning the next day. We had just wrapped up a webinar. And when I first heard the news, I, I, I'm thinking it didn't even feel real. You know, I didn't feel scared. I didn't freak out. 
And I thought, okay, I got this, but let me finish checking all the boxes and make sure Revivify is ready to go. And then I'll start making calls and talking to the doctors and all that, you know, tomorrow and figure out what's happening and get everything scheduled. And I'm sure that was partially shock, you know, looking back on it. But it was also partially the fact that I love my coaching program so much and the women who put their trust and faith in me. And there was no way that I was going to let cancer get in the way of that 10 weeks of transformation for those women who had just come to me and trusted me with the healing that they need to go through. So that was super important to me. So one of the things that I did shortly after I got this diagnosis is I recorded some audio journal entries. And I'm going to use those clips for you on this show today to answer the questions that I'm pretty sure are on your mind when you hear this. And I thought it was important to record those because when I heard I had cancer again, I thought, you know, okay, this is a new experience I can use to support more survivors. But I really wasn't sure when I would talk about it. I knew two things for sure. One was that I was not going to make my circumstances the circumstances of my new Revivify women. And two, I needed to understand what was happening and understand my treatment plan and understand how I was going to handle my healing before I was ready to share this experience. And I, I knew in my gut that I would know when the right time was. And that's why I'm doing the show now. I feel very comfortable that now is the right time. And especially because my Revivify class has graduated. I've seen their transformation. I know how far they've come with managing their thoughts at this point. And also over the past month, I have had an increasing number of my members and other women that I coach going through some really rough patches. Rough patches like, you know, a spot showed up on a scan or needing extra scans or needing biopsies or having strange pains. And I know that it's inevitable that out of all the survivors I work with, the hundreds of them that are in my communities and the thousands of them that listen to this podcast, someone is going to experience a recurrence. And I want you all to know that in those times of scanxiety or if a recurrence happens, you are not alone and you can still live a happy and fulfilling life while you manage those circumstances. And I hope that I'll get to be an example of that for you. I can say with confidence and with ease, honestly, that the four pillars of recovery that I coach on, release, renew, regroup, and revive, are something that I am even more firmly committed to as I navigate my own new circumstances of metastatic breast cancer. And as I start each day with the same question, what do I need to do to heal today? And you'll hear more about that in the audio recordings that I did and how I think about my healing in this experience. But I believe that this question applies to each of us, regardless if we are disease-free and recovering from treatment or if we're managing disease at this moment. Because unless you're emotionally, spiritually, physically, in all aspects without struggle, there's always healing that can be done. There's always growth that can move you in the direction of a fuller and happier and life with more peace of mind. So I am sure 
that you are shocked a little bit if you are a regular listener. If you're a new listener, you may be thinking, what the hell? Is this really the first episode I had to listen to when I came here for inspiration on recovery? And if so, yeah, I hope you will find, hang in there, listen, because I do believe that you'll still find inspiration even though the topic is something that's surrounded by a lot of fear for the most part. But we can change the way that we think about that. So I would like to play for you the very first audio journal entry that I did after my diagnosis. And in that, I'll explain to you what happened and how I was actually diagnosed with metastatic disease. So this is somewhat of a verbal journaling of what's happening with me in my life right now. And I guess I'm doing this because what my intention is, is that I get through this and I heal and I support my body in its healing. And then I can use these recordings to help other women, to help other survivors who are dealing with metastatic disease Or, you know what, even just struggling with breast cancer recovery, because in all honesty, the mindset that I teach in the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach podcast and all of my programs is the mindset that I'm adopting now after receiving a diagnosis of metastatic breast cancer. So I guess in this episode, I'm just going to talk about like what happened and how I got here. You know, this is October 21st, 2020. What a year, right? And I received my diagnosis on the 11th, which is really weird. I just realized that I received my diagnosis on October 11th when my initial diagnosis was July 11th of 2011. So interesting. I hadn't even thought of that before. But, you know, I guess I'll go into a little bit of the history, the background, what I was dealing with, because I know when people hear this, they think, oh my God, what did you do? What didn't you do? How did you find out? What were the signs? Especially if you're a survivor, because it freaks you out. And I don't want you to freak out. So I'm going to be really honest about everything and tell you exactly what happened. So I was actually swimming in the ocean. I live close to the ocean. I had gone out into the water and I went over to the showers to rinse the sand off of me. And I was wearing flip-flops. And this was back in, at the end of August. And I stepped in a wet puddle of sand and my feet slipped out from under me, literally went just straight down on my butt, well, actually my hip on my left hip. And it was really painful. So I limped back to the house and by the time, you know, a couple of hours had progressed, it was so incredibly painful. I couldn't even put any weight on it. And I thought, oh my gosh, I broke my hip. So I ended up in the emergency room that night. I got some x-rays and they said, no, you didn't break your hip. And this fall was just, you know, the impact was so intense. It's kind of like being in a car accident and having a really dramatic impact. And it's going to take a few weeks before it starts to, the muscles start to relax and the, and the pain goes away. And over the next couple of weeks, the pain definitely did get better than what it was on that initial day, but it didn't go away. And so maybe three weeks or so had gone by and I saw a friend of mine who's also a physician and she asked me about it. And I told her what was going on and she said, no, this should not be hurting you that long. You need to go to an orthopedic specialist. So to make a long story short, the thought was that since the x-rays showed no break, that probably it was a tear in the cartilage or, you know, soft tissue injury. 
So I went to see the orthopedic specialist. I got checked out. He said, we need to get an MRI to figure out what's going on. And so I went in for the MRI. And on Sunday, October 11th, I was actually doing a webinar. I was doing my final webinar of the four pillars of breast cancer recovery. And I could see my phone going off with a couple text messages and some voicemails. And I saw the message that said, please call to discuss your MRI results. So I was thinking, oh, they're calling me because it's a big tear and I'm going to have to have surgery. And I really did not want to have to have surgery on my hip. And I thought, oh, the MRI showed something, a break or a tear. And they're, they're calling me to tell me I'm going to have to prepare myself for surgery. So I answered the phone and my doctor says, hey, Laura, how's your pain? And I thought, well, that's a funny way to, to answer the phone, right? And I said, oh, you know, it's okay as long as I stay off the leg. And it just depends on the time of day and how much activity I have. And he says, yeah, okay, well, good. And he starts to kind of say, you know, he's kind of hemming and hawing around, not actually being very direct with me. And I said, is it a pretty big tear? I mean, what am I looking at here? How much surgery are we talking? And he said, well, actually, there isn't a tear. Now, this doctor also is a friend of mine, a personal friend, and so I'm sure it was extremely hard for him to give me this news. But as he started to tell me how the inflammation was in the bone and what they were seeing in the bone, and, and then I just pretty much said, Are you, I feel like you're trying not to tell me that I have cancer. And sure enough, that's exactly what it was. He said, everything, everything looks like that's the case. So I was very caught off guard as we all are right when you get a diagnosis like that how the hell could you not be caught off guard but honestly I was I was you know opening the enrollment for my revivify coaching program I had just finished a webinar I had my assistant over here who was helping me we had a whole bunch of stuff planned for the day and I said listen you know, cancer is a part of my life, and I understand the diagnosis, and I'm going to talk to the doctors on Monday, but uh, let's get this stuff finished. Like, I want to get this stuff done. I have no intention of dying. I have no intention of allowing cancer to take over my business, and so, uh, you know, let's get this done. Let's get this done, and I'll deal with it when our work day is finished because I, I, this is important to me. This is my passion. This is what brings me happiness. So that's what we did. We finished the day. Uh, when I went back and listened to some of those audio journal entries, I realized how much I can ramble. And so to finish up on the, as far as the diagnosis, I did go through a week of diagnostics after that. And we discovered that cancer had spread through my spine, some of my left ribs, in my left hip, and that I had a tumor in the lymph nodes under my right arm. So I'd like to share with you now another part of that clip, just talking about my view on the diagnosis at that time, how my mental approach to it was different, and also how I shared the news with my closest people. So I'm really glad that I actually did these recordings in real time because they're just the way that I was feeling at that time, and I don't have to have them shadowed by everything that's happened between now and then that maybe changes the way that you remember things. So I'm just going to play this for you. So I guess I wanted to share that because, you know, from this journey, I really hope, I don't know, I hope that someone else can be helped by it. I hope that as I move forward in recording what's going on, 
I don't know, that it relates to someone that you can find some strength in it. You know, I, I think for me, I look at it, this may sound weird, but I look at it and I said to my husband the first day, you know what, I'm going to use this now as a reason to help more survivors because now I understand what it is to live with metastatic disease. But I believe 100% in the management of my thoughts and in the ability of my body to heal itself. And it's just up to me to create the right environment for it to heal. You know, so I was doing a lot of meditation, a lot of alternative practices, investigating and reading on everything, everything I can, and looking at incorporating at and approaching this from a very integrated standpoint. I feel like the first time I was diagnosed with cancer, it was so terrifying, right? The first time, I mean, it's shocking, it's terrifying, not like this isn't, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know anything about breast cancer. And I've learned so much from going through that experience and from going through these last years of the podcast and coaching other survivors. And honestly, this time when I got the diagnosis, I just felt like I am not going to panic. I know I'm going to be okay. I know I'm going to be okay. And I'm going to approach this in the way that works for me, that works for my body, that works for my life, that works for my lifestyle. And I feel really strongly about that. So I, I feel very blessed that I have an excellent team of doctors and they're really rushing things and helping me out and supporting me. And that's just, I'm very, very blessed. And I certainly have a lot of gratitude for that every single day. But I honestly believe, like I always teach people and coach people, is we only have, we never have a promise of tomorrow. We've got today and that's it. And you know, when you get a cancer diagnosis, it's in your face, right? It's in your face saying, hey, you may not be here in six months. And I may not, but I may not have otherwise. But I may be here for the next 16 years. I don't know. But when I think about it, I'm really approaching this not from a standpoint of fighting cancer. Like I'm so over the fight, fight, fight. And I'm just not adopting that mentality this time. I'm not adopting I'm fighting cancer because I feel like that's a fear-based approach to what's happening in my body. I'm adopting the, I'm looking for the ways to make my body and my immune system as strong as it can be, to love my body as much as I can and strengthen it and support its ability to heal itself. And that's what I'm doing. And you know, as I went through and spoke with my family, which was extremely difficult, especially telling my children, because the last thing I want is my kids to be worried about me. And I asked them all, can you guys please not say Laura has cancer? You know, can you not, when you call and talk to each other, as I know you will do, and that's fine, just don't say Laura has cancer. Refer to me as Laura is healing from cancer. And I'd love to have that energy around me from my loved ones, from my friends, and just adopt that mindset that Laura is healing from cancer because then you're approaching me from a different standpoint. You know, when you say Laura has cancer, again, that's fear-based, right? Because cancer scares the shit out of us and we think it's a death sentence. So I want my mentality and the mentality of those around me to be Laura's healing from cancer. And that's what I believe. You know, I really believe it. It was tough to, to tell my kids. My kids are, my oldest is 38 and my youngest is 21. And, you know, my youngest 
is struggling a lot lately with depression, so it was really hard for me to think I'm putting this on his plate. And yet I felt like, wow, if that was my mom, I'd want to know because I'd want to be there to support my mom. And he and I are very close, and I believed he would feel the same way. And so we just had a really honest discussion. You know, I <laughs> got lunch from one of our favorite places and picked him up and brought him back to my house to have lunch. And, and I told him what was going on with me. And I laughed because at the end I said, are you going to be traumatized now and never want to come and have lunch with me again? But, you know, I just had a really raw discussion and I cried and he cried and I said to him, it's okay to cry. Like we're emotional people, cry. Get out what you have to. Let me know your fears. Tell me what you're afraid of and let me answer your questions and I'll tell you what I'm afraid of and we can help each other to be strong through this. Strong in the sense of facing our fears and changing our mindset and getting past them. And, you know, at the end of that conversation, I said, tell me your thoughts, ask me your questions, share with me how you feel. And he just said, you know, I feel like I have even more reason to work harder on myself and do a better job with my life. A lot more can I ask for, right? See, I told you the show is about choosing to love life. And to me, that's just a perfect example young kid making a choice right then and there in a really tough situation to make life even better. Super proud of that guy. So I'm going to share one final clip because I realized how much, how many journal entries I had and how long they went. But I want to share one final clip about this diagnosis because I think that it's an important thing for people to hear. It was a very important lesson for me to learn. And I will wrap the show up by giving you an update on where I am at now as of December 24th, 2020, which is in a really good place and responding very well to treatment. So I'm going to play this clip for you first. I'm going to wrap it up and we're going to end this on a high note because that's the way I like to end things with a happy ending. All right, here we go. Today is November 5th, 2020. And yesterday, I don't know, I'm just kind of still spinning from this news that I got yesterday because it's just really, really difficult to absorb and process. But I received a call from one of my primary care physicians today. And kind of the backstory is that I had asked for all of the previous imaging records that from my cancer diagnosis in 2011 and, and that following treatment to be sent over to my current oncologist. And one of the reasons was there were some nodules in my lungs, but there were also nodules in the first diagnosis, and they'd remained stable for years with every scan that I had. So they wanted to look at these images and compare them just to be sure that what they see in the lungs now was consistent with what they saw before and that it's not something to be concerned about, but just consistent with the previous nodules. So I ordered all the imaging and the reports to be sent over to the new oncologist and the new radiologist to be read and analyzed. And I get a phone call yesterday as my fantastic physician is as detail-oriented as she is and reads through these reports. And she says to me, did you know, so my last, let me back up, my last scan was in April of 2018, and that was my last CT scan. I was told everything was clear. And in 2019, I missed my annual checkup because I was 
changing insurances. There was, I don't know, it was a mix up. They wanted to send me back to my old oncologist. I did not want to see that oncologist. I wanted to switch to someone else. And between the bureaucracy of insurance and the busyness of life, before I know it, it's 2020. And I'm like, oh God, I've seen the doctor multiple times in that area. And I, I think I may have talked about that before. I don't know. But I've had seen the doctor and had imaging of several different parts of my body. I had several x-rays, I had had an ultrasound. And so anyway, I didn't really have any worries. I felt healthy, I felt great. And so 2020 rolls around and I'm like, okay, I gotta get back on that oncologist thing and go and get my checkup. And then of course it was COVID and it was, I couldn't, I was having trouble getting an appointment to get into the new oncologist. And here we are now. Okay, so that's the backstory. So ends up that the scan from 2018 had a 3.3 centimeter tumor under my right arm where there is a tumor now, a lot larger than that. And no one ever told me. And I, I just don't know what to say about that. So the radiologist who read the scan failed to put that in the report. Whether they saw it and neglected to write it or whether they just missed it, I don't know. But the radiologist who was comparing the most recent scans, the 2018 scan to my current scan, saw it, measured it, compared it to my current one, and wrote it in his report. So I got a phone call saying, did you know that two and a half years ago, there was a 3.3 centimeter tumor under your right arm? And in that scan, everything was clear. All my bones were clear, my spine, my hips, everything was clear, lungs. And now it's spread to all those places. And you know, the hard thing is, so as I am dealing with this diagnosis, my thoughts go to, what could I learn from this? Where could I... I don't know, work on my overall energy and, of course, you know, diet and all of that. I'm as clean as I could possibly be right now. And one of the things I decided was, you know, I can work on anger and forgiveness. I'm going to go through everything and just really look at where I hold or harbor anger or forgiveness or where I could be more open-hearted and, and just really focusing on love and compassion and, you know, I'm reading voraciously everything I can get my hands on about healing and, and magnifying your body's healing potential to heal itself of cancer. And it's all about love and forgiveness, love and forgiveness, right? Of course, it's eating good and supporting your immunity, but from an energetic level, letting go of everything. And so I, I you know, at first was like, what do I have to let go of? And I thought, you know, that's just egotistical. And instead of saying I've, I'm already doing all the right things. I'm just going to keep an open mind and be curious and say, what is it that I could do? What more can I do? You know, let me see this way, this path, and, and me be open to doing it to support the healing of this body. And so then I get news like this, and I was just numb. I just, I just literally, I don't even know how to explain the feeling that I felt yesterday almost just just like couldn't possibly be real like this cannot really have happened and 
it's just still mind-boggling when I think about it. And I, you know, I told my family, I told my husband, and they're just enraged and furious and, you know, angry. And I tried to say, you know, just don't be angry. It's, you know, I'm sure this person wasn't malicious. Um, were they negligent? Definitely, in my opinion. And does that negligence result in a huge cost to me? Yeah. So I stop and go, wow, you know, I don't know. I just, I think I've said before, you know, I, I like to look for the reason. I don't just say everything happens for a reason. You know, that to me is a little powerless. Everything happens for a reason. I don't know the reason, but let's just move on and see what unfolds. Whereas I like to say, let me look for the reason I can find in this. Yeah. And honestly, as I've said before, I think the only reason I can find in it is that this is meant to be part of my experience here in this life so that I could heal from it and so that I could help other women to heal from it and to lead happy lives even while they're going through it. You know, my focus every day is healing and happiness. And even days that are really painful, I just try to focus on my own ability of what I can do, you know, breath work and meditation and of course, I mean, Tylenol or Tordol shots or whatever to help reduce the pain and minimize it so that I can stay focused on the things I love, like doing this podcast, like, you know, supporting the women in my coaching programs and creating more programs to help more women. And, you know, that's just what I love to do. And that's what I want my life to be focused on. And so I'm just really, I don't know, working on I'm just really, I don't want to be angry. You know, I don't want to be angry about this. I don't want this situation to take away from my ability to heal, to keep my heart in the right place, to keep my mind in the right place. But dang, it's messed up, you know? It's really messed up. So... Lesson, get your reports, get your images, keep copies of all of your medical records, look at them yourself, <laughs> see if something looks weird, ask questions. Yeah, you know, I think I said in a previous recording that um, in my own naivety and thinking that in the weird things that were happening with me, the back pain and where my hip was hurting and where my arm was hurting and getting x-rays and ultrasounds and nothing showing up and me thinking that if you had something in your bones an x-ray shows it and I had a lot of cancer in my bones and no x-ray showed it and in fact the the most cancer is in the left hip and the head of the femur and the neck of the femur and after falling and injuring my hip I had an x-ray which came back normal but because I was still in pain my orthopedic doctor asked wanted to get a bone density scan to make sure everything was okay my bone density scan came back normal just the tiniest tiniest bit of osteopenia it showed but nothing major or nothing to be concerned about and um and that was measured that bone density was done on the femur on the uh, left hip the neck of the left the left hip which is amazing to me because that was just a week before the MRI that showed metastatic disease in the hip and throughout my spine. So, you know, it's just shocking to me to look back. And, and again, if I look for a reason, the only thing I can think is to tell more people, tell more women, 
you know, we give a lot of power, I guess, a lot of, we put a lot of faith into imaging and testing and diagnostics. And, and that was a mistake for me. And so I just want to say, I know it's a pain in the ass to say, give me a copy of everything and keep a copy of everything. But if I could tell anything to anybody about, you know, over and above just advocating for themselves and doing what feels right to you, I would say, get your records, visuals and the written reports. And um, yeah, you know, everybody's only human. Even if they're smart humans, they make mistakes. And in this field and in this situation, those mistakes can be very costly. So, I don't know. I just, um, I guess I can't, I can't dwell on it, you know. I can't change it. I can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. And so I'll just determine to stay present Stay focused on healing. Stay focused on being in a place of love and not a place of anger. And continue to heal this body. I feel like I should add in at this point that I often at the end of my podcast say, you know, reach out to me, join the breast cancer recovery group for more support. And I realize that a lot of people may have more questions or comments on this. So I want to say you can also email me through my website or email me at laura at the breastcancerrecoverycoach.com. If you do have questions or need something to help you with this information or it resonates with you or you need more support, and you can certainly come and join us in the Breast Cancer Recovery Group. These are really communities that I have put out there for us, for our survivors, to find more community, to have more support, and to figure out how to move forward with happiness and love in your life. So if you're feeling that need right now, know that you can always reach out to me and I will always respond to you. All right, so as I said, I'm going to wrap this up on a positive note. This is now the end of December. I have three more radiation treatments left to finish up my 30 treatments. I am doing great. I have had zero side effects other than a little bit of fatigue. I am on a regimen of an oral chemotherapy called Ibrance mixed with letrozole. And I'm also taking Zometa infusions to strengthen my bones, which have already through some of my x-rays and scans begun to show a little bit of growth. My tumor markers from the original diagnosis in October have dropped to less than one third of what they originally were. I'm super happy about this. I bet you can understand how happy I am about this. I want to share that with you because I think that when we hear people getting a diagnosis of metastatic disease, we think, oh shit, this person's going to die. And I want to reassure you that metastatic disease is not a death sentence. There are so many treatments out there, especially depending on where the disease is, on how early it gets caught, and definitely I'm fortunate that um, mine was a hormone-positive cancer because that does make treatment even easier. So I'm doing great. I'm thrilled to be celebrating Christmas with my family, feeling good. I'm energetic. I started off with some hip pain, as I talked about in the clip from having that injury, and that is virtually gone. I still do use crutches because the hip bone is still weak, but I walk a lot more at this point, 
and I have my brand new Peloton staring me in the face every single day, waiting for me to get on it and start writing. It was delivered just a couple of days before my diagnosis, and I'll share the story with you which I thought was kind of funny. But as I was sitting here with my friend, who is also a doctor of mine, and I asked her, well, with what's going on, this was the day of the diagnosis. And I said, can I still ride my Peloton? And she said, I don't think that that's a good idea. You don't want to put any weight at all on that hip until it's treated. And my husband turns to me, he says, well, can we return it? And I said, seriously, return my Peloton. Are you going to start giving away my shoes too? I am not going anywhere, and in a few weeks, I will be using the Peloton to rebuild my strength on a daily basis. And my friend just laughed at him, and I just, you know, these are the things that go through our head, you know, and it's okay, and it's normal, but it isn't necessarily the truth just because our mind automatically goes there. So what is the future of the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach podcast? Well, I will continue to show up here for you every single week as I always have, except for last week, which I sent out an email saying I took a break. But I have no intention of changing everything. My goal, my mission in life, as long as I am here on this planet, will be to support breast cancer survivors, breast cancer thrivers, and do coaching programs and help women to learn to manage their thoughts so that they can live more fulfilling, happy, joyful lives, regardless of circumstances. So I hope you don't go anywhere because I'm not going anywhere. And certainly come have more conversation with me. Send me an email. Join us in the Breast Cancer Recovery Group. Find my Facebook page, Laura Lummer. You can find my website at thebreastcancerrecoverycoach.com. And I even have some great new programs that I think are going to support a lot of you coming out at the beginning of this year, which I'm really excited about. So I wanted to share this news with you. I... Hope that for you, it helps you to appreciate this day of your life even more and every day to come. So I will talk to you again next week. And until then, be good to yourself and expect other people to be good to you as well. Take care, my friend. You've put your courage to the test, laid all your doubts to rest. Your mind is clearer than before Your heart is full and wanting more Your future's at the door Give it all you got No hesitating You've been waiting all your life This is your moment